right, everybody, welcome back, all you good, wonderful citizens of Crip Nation. Hope you're having a fantastic morning, noon, or night, wherever you guys are in the world. You're certainly in the right place. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my notorious compadre, Mr. Aaron Pizza Mind Malone, reigning from not Texas anymore. Uh, you could Can you take the Texas out of a man, however, if you take him out of Texas? Uh, bom dia. I am in Sao Paulo, Brazil for now. Um, I will be back to Texas at some point, definitely. But uh, I'm escaping the scorching summer this time by going down to the nice mild winter of South America. It is a nice overcast 65 degrees outside. Uh, couldn't ask for more in life. Man, well, I, I, I love it. There's also quite an exciting weekend in the crypto markets and all such good things. We're going to dive into a lot about crypto security today with our guest. Uh, yeah, something something Pizza Mind is intimately familiar with, crypto security. We've got Daniel Chong, who is the uh, CEO and co-founder of a crypto security company called Harpy. Um, and we're going to dive deep into to all such things. But first, let's welcome our guest to the show. Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Daniel, uh, tell us a little bit about you before we dive into crypto security and Harpy. You know, you know, what's your what's your background and how did you find yourself building in this crazy uh, blockchain and crypto world? Yeah, so I started um, I started using crypto in around 2012, so a long time ago. I, I was uh, OG selling. Yeah, I, I was selling video game items for Bitcoin. Um, well, I was originally just selling video, video game items, and um, there was a marketplace, and I found Bitcoin, and I thought it was really cool that I could trade with people all over the globe without, you know, I was very young back then. I had no bank account, so I was already already like figuring out the original use case of crypto as like a international money transmission um, agent. Very cool. Um, you know, life goes on, life goes on. I, I kind of took a step back from crypto um, from like, 2014 to 2017 but um around that time the ico bubble for a bunch of different projects came out um ethereum was one that was really cool that i saw so i've been developing in ethereum ever since um i've seen i've developed for um, a ton of different projects uh, i've pretty much seen everything uh and after you know going to university going to duke um i I realized that there was a big hole in the market in terms of transaction security. Like people were getting scammed. Um, scamming was evolving and it, it followed a lot of the similar parallels that I saw when Bitcoin was starting. So um, I thought I would kind of start building in the space and here I am. That's awesome. And there's such a need for Bitcoin. Uh, as I'm noticing already here in Brazil, I never know what kind of payment is going to work whether it's going to be my credit card or my debit card, sometimes one will work and not the other. Some places still accept cash, but I can't go to an ATM and pull cash out. I'm stuck with whatever I brought with me because of the way the banking systems work. My credit union in San Diego doesn't have any affiliations with a bank here in Brazil. So I'm on an island now with limited resources. And for an example of payment security... I just spent 20 minutes with a Pizza Hut driver trying to figure out a four-digit PIN code to prove that 
he actually delivered the pizzas to me, you know, oh, wow. and that I actually paid for them. Like I'm showing him like the receipt and everything. He's like, no, I know. I, I understand this. But if I don't have this code, which isn't appearing on your app anywhere, then I can't like deliver these pizzas. They're going to charge me for it. So it's this whole debacle that Bitcoin could totally fix because once a Bitcoin payment is made, it's irreversible. That's it. It's final. And this is the type of security and comfortability that is completely lacking here in Brazil, is trusting the actual payments. So it's amazing that you're building in this space. And we need some kind of idea of not just once we've received the payment, but how to keep it secure. Like one of my favorite quotes is from another founder, Haseeb Awan, from Ifani, who always says, if you protect your downside, there will always be upside, just because of the nature of being so early in this digital revolution. So we're really excited to pick your brain on security here in crypto. And I guess, you know, let's just open it up right away. Maybe you could give us just a couple best practices that come to mind right away when it comes to keeping your Bitcoin safe. So for like a slight, um, slight clarification, right now, Harpy only works with Ethereum. So we don't work with the Bitcoin protocol at all, but similar things um, on that. Yeah, end. Bitcoin, Ethereum, crypto. Mostly all in the same wallet anyway at this point. Cool. Uh, but in general, uh, I would say the biggest kind of mental gap that people have about crypto security is that um, they feel like they're getting hacked or like outside intruders are getting into their computer or their PC. That's actually not happening most of the time. Usually um, you're getting phished, which, which if people are not familiar, it means that you're clicking a link that is purported to be a different link. Um, and then someone is making you sign a transaction, essentially like signing the deed away to your house, um, just like hiding whatever that process looks like. And because the way that crypto transactions are are coded, it's very hard to understand that you're signing your money away when, when that transaction actually pops up. So um, I would say over 99% of scams are done in that phishing, phishing type method. So how do you prevent against that? Um, you know, it's not something that a hardware wallet actually helps. It's uh, hardware wallets are very useful, but um, hardware wallets don't stop you from signing your money away. Um, so a lot of the things that you can do there is, first of all, just making sure not to click on any suspicious links. Like if it's too good to be true, it, it definitely is, especially in crypto. Um, and then past that, it's, you know, make sure you have the right safeguards in place. Make sure you don't have all your money in one singular wallet. Um, I would say those are kind of the two main tips that I have there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, you know, you, you, one of my favorite sayings in crypto is like, you know, it's it's really cool to make money, but what's also cool is keeping your money safe. And maybe you have some stats around how much money has actually been hacked in recent, you know, years. I, I saw somewhere upwards in the billions of dollars of value lost from very simple crypto hacks that that are pretty avoidable. Is that right? Yeah, I I think. The number is in the tens of billions. I, I don't have the number on hand, but it, it increases by I, I like three years ago, it's increasing 80% a year. I think Immunify just made a report that it increased by 200% last year. So wow. it is definitely being a big problem. So so what is Harpy doing to stop that? I know you guys refer to yourself as the on-chain firewall. I think people don't even know what even maybe a firewall does to begin with. So So what are you guys trying to accomplish? So the way that we kind of stop people from falling victim to scams is that we kind of sit between your wallet and the blockchain and any transaction that comes out of your wallet, we scan it to see if there's anything weird going on. So, uh, and 
if there is anything weird going on, we're actually able to prevent that transaction to go on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. So it's like wallet two-factor authentication. If we right. see something that's like kind of iffy with the transaction you're sending out, um, we'll send you an email, we'll send you a telegram, we'll send you a text um, based on like, we'll, we'll say, hey, like this is kind of weird. You might be sending all of your money to this address. Do you want this transaction to go through? Yes or no? Uh, and at, at its core, that's what Harpy is. It's we're two-factor authentication for transactions. Um, and there's a lot of things that we do on the side, including like wallet security scans, health checks and stuff like that. Um, but we are kind of one of the only products that actually help you prevent uh, your bad transactions or, or scam transactions from hitting the blockchain. Yeah, that's incredible. How do you guys actually do that? So we are um, in terms of like not to get too technical, but we're in the RPC layer. The RPC is this layer that transmits signed messages from your private key or from your wallet um, to the blockchain. So it's just kind of like a, a transmitter. And usually it has no bells and whistles. Like it's just, it's literally a server um, that just sends it to the blockchain because you need it. Um, but we've kind of added this filtering layer that decodes whatever is being put in, um, make sure that there's nothing fishy in terms of the call data, and then sends it to the blockchain. So we sit between the blockchain and the and the user. And you know, for somebody listening who you know wants to dive in, like you know, obviously they'll they'll go to your site and figure it all out. But from from a high level, how is an average user like me or Pizza Mind or one of our listeners? How do we you know utilize Harpy? Is it a download? Do we need a new wallet? Um, do we just point to a different RPC node? So it's if anyone has like ever used cross chain functionality with the, with their MetaMask, if you've added Arbitrum or mm -hmm. Polygon to your to your wallet, you'll know that you just click a button on your MetaMask or your some other wallet that you have, and now you have access to that RPC. So there's no download. There's nothing like that. It's just you click it; it automatically integrates into your wallet, and wow. it's done. That's super simple. That's that's actually way more simple and optimistic than what I was anticipating. Just you got to get a new plugin and download this oh, new no, software. No, no. But it sounds pretty about the simplest thing you could do in crypto. Oh yeah, you just click a button and it, it installs like right into your wallet. There's no like download or anything. And then will in my for instance, if I'm using MetaMask, I'm I'm pointing to the is it called the Harpy RPC endpoint? Yeah, yeah. And and then will and then. It go, then I send a transaction. Will I get a message passed back in like human readable terms that says, you know, here's the the notification about the alert that something might be fishy? Wow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Exactly. 
Very cool. And so, so what got you like really started on this mission? Was it really from a standpoint of like, you know, you're, are you a developer that, you know, you figured this is a really easy problem to solve? Did you have a friend or family member that was hacked and maybe that kind of set you off on this? So kind of the big story was, um, like I said, I started in crypto in 2012. Crypto, I think back then was, um, not worth very much. I'll say that. Um, I had <laughs> about 10 to 15 Bitcoins that I lost from back then. Oh, my Lord. Heartbeat started as like a lost crypto um, prevention service. Like we, we stopped people from losing their crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we as time moved on, we realized that there wasn't like because Bitcoin was only like $10 back then, a lot of people lose it, lost their Bitcoin. But because Bitcoin and Ethereum are actually worth money now. Um, that problem doesn't really exist anymore. So we we pivoted because we realized that a lot of the same tech that we've been building could be used to protect customers from scams and not necessarily, you know, loss. Uh, so that's kind of the that's kind of the main reason we're we're working in the security space. Also, it's just something that I've wanted to work in for a while. So, yeah. how do you go about configuring a system or a trading setup to prevent loss? You know, we, we figured out you know a couple ways to avoid getting hacked. But I think that a lot of us are our own worst enemies out there. You know, we're always dropping our iPhone and cracking the screen or losing our house keys or our car keys or something. You know, what's the best way to make sure that we don't screw ourselves over? I would say it, it depends. It, it's everyone has their own like kind of setup. It, it's weird in crypto. Everyone, it's such a like a hacker core um, industry that everyone has their own kind of setup. But I would say a general setup that I would say most security people would would um, would agree with is you have multiple copies of multiple shares of your seed or your private key, and you have those um, in many different locations. So one family member has this, another family member has this. You have this in your desk or something. You have this buried in some kind of plot of <laughs> land you own in the backyard. Um, it, it depends on how much you own, first of all. Yeah, uh, like. If you have like a thousand dollars in crypto, maybe it's not worth going through all those steps. But if you have a significant portion, um, I would say the most secure way to do it is to split your key into multiple parts and have some duplicates of certain parts, and then just bring those like figure out if one burns down or if one goes away, you still have many different places to grab it. What are your thoughts on just for the average you know user of crypto um, using a platform like Coinbase? Um, you know. Are, you know, where they kind of custody the coins on your behalf. Do you think this is a, a good idea, bad idea, situational? I think a lot of people in crypto don't like my opinion on this, but I would say that I, I support like holding money inside trusted institutions. That being said, what defines a trusted institution? I would say we're still trying to figure that out. Like mm-hmm. uh, FTX collapsed not just, just about a year ago, um, Celsius, BlockFi. So it's it's hard to know what is trusted, but I, I would say I I don't want to make any corporate endorsements, but um, I would say if, if you're not holding like a significant amount of money in crypto and you're just like dabbling it, you're just holding it to try it out, I would say that um, a centralized exchange wouldn't be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have more, if you have a significant amount of your net worth in crypto, I would say you 100% should move it to a hardware wallet. What do you think about the upcoming proposed Bitcoin ETFs and probably following Ethereum ETFs, I would imagine, as quote unquote trusted institutions are, you know, essentially custodying the Bitcoin and other crypto for you. 
We've seen Grayscale go from being a great idea to maybe not so much. But BNY Mellon, one of the oldest banks in the U.S., is going to have support for crypto pretty soon. You know, BlackRock is you know filing that ETF. They've managed trillions in assets for people, so you know they're not just going to run away with your money. Fidelity. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's it's great to have like the ETF. First of all, is just an amazing idea because it allows um, regular consumers to because not everyone's purchasing their their stocks on their like regular brokerage accounts. People want to buy on their Ross. People want to buy um, their like mutual funds and stuff like that. So that's great. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the custody part, it gets tricky. But you know those banks hold a lot of money, and I'm not someone to say like oh we should always trust the banks, but um, as long as you know there's transparent, I I don't honestly I don't know the regulation in terms of like showing you reserve requirements. There probably aren't that many regulations now, right now about how much you have to show um, in terms of like how liquid you are in the, in that regard. But um, I would say as long as there's some kind of proof of liquidity, um, there's it, it's a great idea. Yeah, and and it one one of the things that does strike me. I mean, if we're gonna stay on this Bitcoin ETF thing real quick. Um, you know, a lot of the traditional financial institutions are really p- painting Coinbase as like we're going to use them as our custodian. We're going to use these guys. Like Coinbase is pretty much the only game in town right now, for, even though they're like under suit by the SEC and all this kind of stuff. But like, it seems like Coinbase is like a huge honeypot. Um, like, well, I mean, it could be you know one level of big you know kind of centralized point of failure if all these ETFs are using Coinbase for custody and then something happens to Coinbase. Like, what what are the risks that Coinbase has um, for custodying all these coins? Full, so full transparency, Coinbase is one of our uh, investors, one of our partners at Harpy. So that's let that like I, I don't want that to be unknown in terms of like my opinion, but. I guess when it comes to that risk of, you know, Coinbase is the trusted partner of all these folks. Um, I, w- I would say that if they fall down, it would be awful for the crypto space. It would be really, really bad, um, not just for crypto, but in terms of like our legitimacy in general, mm-hmm. because a lot of people outside the crypto world only see Coinbase as see Coinbase as the only crypto company, if any. Um, and that would just be really bad for a reputation. But I think in the long term, it would add like a lot more if if a company as regulated as Coinbase still falls down to, you know, speculation and bad money management. Um, it, it brings the opportunity for a lot of good players in the future to, to kind of take that torch and, and do a lot better. But uh, I, I think at this point, there's not we don't have many more opportunities for second chances. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I definitely um, I'm a big supporter of Coinbase. Um but I, you know, I hope that there are more companies like Coinbase in the future that you know start in America that could kind of come up so that you know Coinbase doesn't really have a monopoly essentially um, on on crypto exchanges in, in the United States. I like Kraken. Um, you know, Kraken's a good exchange, and, and they've been doing a lot of good stuff. But um, yeah, re- regardless, um, need need a couple more good options, I think. But yeah, tell us a little bit more about Harpy, um, maybe some success stories. I know that you guys um, ha- have stopped over $2 million in um, kind of hacks, and, and, or I, sh- I would say recovered $2 million in crypto for your users, um, stopped a private key theft. But are there any other 
uh, cool stories you could share with us? Yeah, I would say like in terms of, I guess, the coolest story that we had, um, a lot of the times people are minting NFTs and um, there was not not just minting NFTs, but trying new blockchains, just whitelist, whitelist hunting in general. They're always trying new protocols. Um, and one right. cool thing that we did with our users was during the Arbitrum airdrop, um, which was kind of their reward for trying out the Arbitrum protocol early, um, we, we kind of guided a bunch of our users to actually claim that airdrop because I don't know if you were around Twitter at that time, but there were so many different scam links. It was like different. It was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it was a nightmare. A set pool. Yeah. Um, we actually like kind of personally guided people in our Discord to, to go through and claim that airdrop. Um, and, you know, it was very, we don't, we usually don't host like that many community events, but um, it was a very cool community event that we hosted to make sure that people got their money in a very safe manner. And if you look on Twitter, and if you looked at the aftermath of the Arbitrum airdrop on Twitter, it was like so many different people got hacked and so many different people got their walls trained. So it was definitely just like a great use of our time to do that. Amazing. And we're so grateful that you do do that. Um, I want to pick your brain just in general on the crypto space. As you mentioned, you've been around since 2012 and you've seen all kinds of narratives come and go, different trends become the hottest thing only just to be completely dead the year after. You know, let's let me put you on the hot seat right now, real quick. Okay. Name one thing that's going on right now that you think will withstand the test of time, and one thing that you think is a fad that's going to go away and disappear. I like that. I like where you're coming from, Pete's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Give me give me a second to think about it. Yeah. Uh, take your take your time. I think. Okay. Okay. Thing that won't go away. Things things that will stay. I think NFTs. NFTs are an amazing idea, mm-hmm. and NFTs have been around for forever. Art is NFTs. Magic the Gathering cards are NFTs. Um, CSGO skins are NFTs. Like Digital collectibles have been around forever. Collectibles in general have been around forever. Um, and kind of the digital environment, I, I feel like we're not thinking big enough. Um, I think there's a lot of cool things that we can do in terms of digital ownership, in terms of like guild membership, um, digital, digital and physical events, stuff like that. Um, and crypto is just a good way to authenticate those transactions. Uh, one thing that will not last, I think DAOs, the, all the DAOs of like 2021, 2022, um, maybe a hot take, but DAOs are just so inefficient. Um, I think groups of people need, uh, small groups of people need um, leaders to perform. And because DAOs have no leadership and no accountability measures, I just know a lot of stories where people make $250,000 a year of a salary off a DAO and they're part of five different DAOs and all they do is hop in a Zoom call once a week Jeez. and give some BS opinion. So I don't think, I, DAOs are NGMI in my opinion. Not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe well, good answers. one DAO, isn't like Ethereum run from a DAO basically? I, there's some DAOs that are really, really useful. Uh, I don't know if Ethereum is run from a DAO structure uh, or like the Ethereum Foundation is run from a DAO structure, but MakerDAO, which which is I think the biggest DeFi protocol, um, mm-hmm. because MakerDAO doesn't need to constantly be innovating um, and making new products. They have great liquidity already. That is an application of a DAO that I really enjoy. But yeah. for new companies that came, that come out and say I'm a DAO, like fund us, we're cool. It's just like that company will never do anything. In my <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to revisit that hot take in three three to five years, and we'll see um, how it turns out. I'm I'm sure it'll, yep. it'll turn out maybe less. <laughs> yeah, maybe less. 
but I, I'm I'm curious, Daniel, because it seems like these hacks, these scams, are getting more clever by the day. Almost like you know, in lockstep, as crypto gets more clever and more advanced, the scams get more clever and advanced. I saw something that um, happened with Revoke the other, or maybe this weekend or something, um, where there's a, there's some new um, thing that if you revoked an approval on that website, it would you know drain your wallet. There's just all sorts of stuff. So kind of, how are you guys looking out into the future? Um, how are you guys trying to stay proactive to to prevent you know the more clever scams? I would say the the future of crypto, um, like crypto theft and crypto security, um, is is very complex. Like has gotten so much more complex in the last year than it has in the last seven. So mm-hmm. it, it's just going to get the problem is just going to get worse in terms of the things that we're doing to make sure that people feel safe. Um, we want to be the first like real edu- like educational and useful platform for security. So you know, think think a budgeting app. The budgeting app always emails you about new things going on. Uh, it tells you best practices. You know, you don't always read the emails that it gives you, but some of the time it's very useful. Uh, we kind of want to be that with crypto security. Um, you know, just this educational resource that that tells people um, you know how to stay safe. Because at the end of the day, no matter how complex attacks get. Uh, the, the reality is that when you get fished and when you get scammed, it's just always going to be something that's too good to be true. So as long as you kind of like tell people the principles um, and make sure that they know kind of the basics of theft and phishing, um, no matter how complex the attack is going to be, um, we can still counter it. You know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about Web3 over the past few years, especially as we interview developers like yourself. And in you know, the grand vision of Web3 that I have, something like Harpy running at the RPC node layer exists as a standard, not just a company. Is there a community of RPC node operators that discuss certain things for best practices so eventually, you know, every crypto wallet user is going to be safe the way Harpy users are? So there's a couple of cool things that we're doing in the in the RPC world and just like the validator world. So um, there's not many custom RPCs out there. I think it's just us and this company called Gashawk, which has like a gas optimization RPC. So it's a, it's a very new world of of, of possibilities. Um, it's not a place where people have innovated on a lot. Um, but on the other side, it's like how do we get this to be a standard? Um, so not to get too technical, but Ethereum is run by a validator community all around the world. Anyone can become a validator, but some validators are regulated by the U.S., by um, governments and stuff like that. And we're helping contribute um, kind of our ethical transaction filter. So just like making sure that people are not sending scam transactions um, as a proposal to these validators to make sure that they're not allowing scammers to to transact through their through their nodes and stuff like that. So that's all very early, but um, we're trying to innovate past far past and far lower level than the hackers can to, to stop theft. Yeah. What, what's it been like building through a bear market? Um, is this your guys' uh, first bear market? And, you know, what's the vibe like? I would say it, this is our first bear market. The, the company started around 2021, so we're still pretty young. Um, in terms of, you know, how it feels to build in the bear market, um, it, it's a lot I've, I've never built a company in, in a bull market, bear market, so this is all very new to me. Um, my personal experience is that it's very, very difficult. <laughs> it's like 
a lot of people are, are not getting the growth rates that they want. There's a, there's a couple of products that are growing, um, but it feels like a lot of the attention in the crypto space is based on, and it always has been based on speculation, but even more so now than it is um, on kind of like cool products and stuff like that. Because the people that are already in this space and have been in this space kind of already know what products that they want to use, but there's not much new blood coming in. Interesting. Yeah. What, what are your plans, um, you know, as a CEO, like to widen adoption for Harpy or to bring more awareness to the problems that you're solving? I would say it, it, it's a marketing problem. And it's, I, I would say right now we most, mostly market towards like crypto DJs and tech people and stuff like that. But there's just not a big enough crowd of those kind of people to, to make like a, you know, a sustainable product. So a big step in our future is actually just like making our product more web two professional friendly. Um, a lot of our customers nowadays are people that have full-time jobs in web two and dabble like five to 10% of their investable income into web three. Um, and I think that's a good target to go, to go for because that type of people, uh, those type of people are not on crypto Twitter all the time. They're on other platforms that haven't been so saturated with crypto content. Yeah. What's the cost to use the RPC nodes? Do we need some uh, kind of token to pay for it or how does it work? There is no cost at this moment. Um, right now, like for transparency's sake, like we're venture funded. We don't want to charge customers at this point. Um, and we want to make a lot of our money from our enterprise um, software and stuff like that. So I, I hope to not charge customers anytime soon. That's good. Yeah, love it. Um, and where can people kind of follow you guys and, and get involved um, with Harpy? So we're on Twitter at Harpy.io. That's H-A-R-P-I-E-I-O. Um, that's also our website, Harpy.io. Um, we're mostly active on Twitter and our website, so you can check us out there. Killer. And Daniel, before we let you go, um, kind of a couple closing questions, um, especially you know from, from a guy like you who's been around for a long time and who is really focused on security. Um, if we were to boil it down um, just to some, some words of wisdom for maybe a newer cohort of crypto folks who might be coming in, listening to Crypto 101, maybe for the first time even uh, today, mm-hmm. you know, what's some words of wisdom or word of advice that you'd give somebody newer coming into the space? I would say, um, if it's, and I've been saying this throughout the call, so it's not... Um, I, like if it's too good to be true, then it probably is. Yeah. It's there are so many things in crypto where it's like the tech is out of this world. This is the best new blockchain in the world. Um, so like on the investment side, things are too good to be true. On the scam side, it's too good to be true. Um, I would say there's only a couple legitimate things in crypto, uh, and most things are kind of like not not relevant. So just like filter out the noise and figure out what you need to focus on. Yeah, no, it's like every single time you'll see in Twitter, oh, if you send one Ethereum to this address, we'll send you 10 Ethereum back, right? And people fall for this scam still, you know? It's like, come on, you guys got to be nimcompoops. Um, or, you know, you know, send your Bored Ape uh, NFT to this wallet and you'll get this upgraded one back. It's like, no, none of that ever works. Um, so if it's too good to be true, guys, be cautious. And one of the other things actually I heard um, in a similar vein recently was a quote I really liked. It was like, if somebody is ever rushing you towards the end of a deal or for a deal, if somebody's ever rushing you, that's your signal to go twice as slow. And I think that also yes. kind of you know works here in crypto, whether it's a new investment opportunity or a new 
liquidity farm or yield farm kind of deal that you want to jump into, you know, move slowly and you'll make better decisions that way. Um, yeah, you yeah. you don't want to get split into FOMO. Like I would say the main reason why people fall into things that are too good to be true is because there's like they built FOMO around it. And FOMO is the most first of all, like FOMO is dangerous in terms of investing, and it's also the most dangerous thing in terms of security. People people lose all their um, you know, due diligence when it comes to FOMO. Yeah. And you you see even, you know, hedge fund managers and institutional asset allocators, you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Everybody falls prey to emotion too sometimes. So yep. try and keep your head above water. Yep. Well, Daniel, one last question before we send you off. Give us a shout out to some people who've inspired you to do what you do uh, or who are also making a really big difference in the space. So we can send our users over there, give them some likes and follows and respect. Let me, let me think. Um, I would say like big shout out to... Um, like people that are just like superstars in the security community. So people like, I don't know, Zach XBT, Revoke Cash, Roscoe from Revoke Cash, those people are great. Um, and they don't have a profit motive at all. So it's just, it's just amazing to see. Um, in terms of like personal inspirations, this is so generic, but I, I won a hackathon at East Denver a couple of years ago um, and I debated Vitalik on stage and you know, it was just a big inspiration for me. So shout out Vitalik. I don't think we need to like and follow him. He has, he has <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, that's incredible. I mean, hey, they they always say never meet your heroes, but you met them, you debated them. How was it? Oh man, I I felt like an idiot. He's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> he was like in this bear costume, and we were just he, he was only allowed to ask one question, and then he asked me like four or five different questions about like deep crypto topics, and oh my god, it was it was in front of like uh, thousands of people. As yeah. Well. It was not. I, I wouldn't do it again, but it was fun. You're still here. It's funny. I'm I was still alive to tell. I was the tale. actually there for that moment, but I didn't realize what I was. Oh, watching. were you there for that? <laughs> I was. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Well, hey, Daniel, thanks for coming on. Uh, maybe we could have you back on again sometime soon when there's another big upgrade or announcement, or maybe you guys, you know, just stifled the next biggest hack and you guys want to announce it somewhere. We'd love to have you back. Cool. I appreciate. It. Yep. Take care.